Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and we have a phenomenal show for you today. But first, before we get there, I have three things to tell you. Hold with me. Number one, if you guys have been Happy Hour listeners for a long time, you know that my friend Amanda Brown, who worked with me on this show for a long time, you know her, you love her. Today's her 40th birthday. Head over to Instagram, give her some love. Number two, my children's book, God Made You to Be You, comes out in two and a half weeks. I'm giddy. I'm literally so giddy with excitement over this because this message is so important to me. You can get this book wherever you buy books. Uh, It's a board book for ages two to six. Perfect gift for that little child in your life. Number three, guys, have you checked out our YouTube channel? It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The cool thing about it is that When we do interviews, we put part of that interview up on YouTube. Sometimes it's exclusive content, like it's not going to be on the podcast. You're just going to hear it there. For example, today I talked to Mike Todd about how to have a healthy church culture, and that's only on YouTube. So you can go watch it there. Mike Todd. Oh, I just told you who our guest is. Mike Todd's on the show today. I'm so excited. Uh, But last year, Mike Todd was also on the show. Episode number 312, if you want to go back and listen to that, if you're a huge Michael Todd fan like I am. But also last year, we have some content over on YouTube with Mike Todd, where we talk about fighting for freedom from pornography. Really great conversation, and you can watch it over there as well. Okay, my guest, I already told you, the Michael Todd from Tulsa, Oklahoma, joins me today to talk about his new book, Crazy Faith. It's only crazy until it happens. This book releases next week on the 21st. You can pre-order it now or get it when it comes out. Today on the show, Mike and I talk about what crazy faith actually is. And crazy faith can feel scary sometimes, and we talk about that. We talk about how sometimes we want to walk in faith to get an outcome, but God's asking us to walk in faith for obedience. And we also talk about the importance of a sabbatical, which he just got off of uh, earlier this month. You guys, you're going to love this conversation that I have with my friend, Mike Todd. Mike Todd, welcome back to the happy hour. What's going on, Jamie? I love you so much. And I am grateful to be here with you and everybody that's having happy hours right now. Well, this is great. And let me just say, you were with me a year ago in August of 2020. So I I think at this rate, we're just going to have a yearly happy hour. Just every year. I'm going to demand the next time Natalie shows up is all I got to say. Okay, we can make that happen. (laughs) She, She would be happy to do that. Give her a little bit of time away from all the babies. Uh, Also, since we talked last, congratulations. Thank you so much. I have another bundle of joy that I gave every name I could think of that I like to. Her name is Gia Joy Simone Hope Todd. And it's all of the things. That is her name on the birth certificate? On the birth certificate, because this is the finale for us. It is over and the Todd squad is complete. So we're we're really, she's three months and she's just squishy. I love her. I know your Todd squad is complete and this seems like it would be TMI, except for you told the world this. You're so complete. Like you got a vasectomy. You're done. Oh, like I'm, there's, I'm, I, it's out of here. We, we, done. Mm-mm. It would be immaculate conception for uh there to be another Todd squad member coming. And you know what? It's crazy faith season, so we open for whatever. But uh would nah. that not be the finale of crazy faith? Oh, <laughs> but, but the Lord, thing is, please, you're not having no. that faith. You're not requesting no, 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 that. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. 
Oh my gosh. You know, we have four kids as well. And when I got my tube side, I told the doctor, I said, listen, if something were to happen, you we're going to do like a, we got a 50% here. You got to pay 50% for this kid. You got to pay 50% for call. Like this is our kid. If something happens, yeah. it's, it's your fault. Of, yes. Yes. It's the three of us. Uh, well, congratulations on all Thank the things. So and uh, you have a book coming out next week, which Man. I've had the privilege of get early uh, crazy faith. It's only crazy until it happens. You know, last time you were on the show last August, if anyone wants to go listen, it's episode 312. You told a story about you going from, you know, taking over, like being just a part of this church and, and your parents having this crazy faith. And then you and Natalie taking this church over. Um, and then in this book, you go into that a lot. And, yeah. um, you know, this idea of crazy faith feels very scary if, I, if we're going to be honest yeah. about it, because yeah, here's yeah. the deal, Mike, we want to have crazy faith, but we don't want to get hurt. And so it feels like if I put my faith in here, like you say in the book, if I say it out loud, if I, if I write it down and then what if God doesn't come through, mm -hmm. how does that feel? So at the end of the day, one of the things that I tell people is it's amazing how many people watch sports and how many people actually play them. And there's so many people that are in the stands. Like if you think about it, like let's say one of the most amazing it's football season. So we'll mm -hmm. say it like this stands all around the world again are filled up. There are mm -hmm. some stadiums that have a hundred thousand like people that can watch and then people watching on television, millions of people, but there's only like 150 people playing. Mm. Like, and I think about the number of people that believe God and how many people actually are playing in faith, mm. like how many people claim the Jersey of Christian and Jesus. And there's only a very small percentage of people playing the game because there's a chance that you could not win. Mm. Like if you don't play the game, you don't even have the opportunity to see what could happen through you. You don't even have the ability to be able to miss a moment or make a moment because you're in the stands. And as much as all of us in the stands say what we would have done, what we should have done, and what I would have done on the play, it's honestly frivolous conversation because we are not in the game. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like there's so many people that are going through life in the stands when there's a jersey with their name on it mm. that they could actually claim and yeah you might get hurt yeah it might not happen yeah we might not win every game but the fact that we played this game called following jesus and actually got dirty and actually went to practice and actually did the reps and actually read the manual bible and mm -hmm. actually like if we actually did it what would actually happen mm. for those that are watching from the stands in our lives and for me i tell people all the time that faith is the core ingredient to believing in God. Like we can't pray without faith, the Bible tells us. We mm -hmm. can't get saved without faith. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, this is a scripture that we always talk about, but a lot of people don't live it. The just shall live by faith. Like mm -hmm. we should walk by faith and not by sight. And so many people in this generation, they believe more in Google than they do in God. So they have to be sure mm. and they have to know that this is exactly going to happen. But whatever happened to the mystery of God, whatever happened to the things that we can't explain and we do not know, mm -hmm. but these are the things that build our faith and make us a billboard for the goodness of God. Yeah. And so for me, I tell people all the time, God has never needed you to protect his reputation ever. Right. 
And so many people, because of pride, we try to be like, well, I'm not going to believe for that. I'm not going to step out in that. I'm not going to stand on anything. Like, let's just let whatever happens happen because somehow we're trying to protect God and Christianity. Mm -hmm. He's been doing this thing a long time. <laughs> we're he's good. Been, he, he's been, he's going to outlast every regime, every presidential election, every kingdom, every pandemic. He's going to still be here, mm. but he's looking for people to partner with on this earth mm. to be able to see kingdom coming. And it's just going to take crazy faith. So I'm just one of those people that is choosing to believe. And we are going to see God do some crazy things in this day and age. His best stories were not written in the Bible. He wants to write new crazy faith stories through me and you. And I'm excited about I it. I love that. You said that in the book. You said, I believe that the best things are not what we read or not the best things, but the biggest miracles, the biggest faith stories. I mean, we go through the list and we can think of all like, okay, Noah had faith before there was even rain and all, I yeah. mean, we know all these things, but then we get in our situations and it's hard. And I loved so much in one of your chapters, you talked about 51% faith. Oh yeah. This maybe type of faith. And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves. Yeah. And I think I started with the question of it's scary, but you know, what's not scary. 51%. Yeah. But like, it's just 1% over yes. stagnant. It's like 1% over my doubt. And that's what I tell people all the time. I was like, I'm not like people are like, oh, you're the crazy faith guys. Like, <laughs> how do you know? Like, how are you sure that it's God? And I tell them, this is contrary to what most pastors would tell you and stuff. I'm not like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that what I hear, what I feel, what I sense is God. But if I'm 51% sure, I'm going for it. Mm. Like if I'm 1% over that this is not just a Michael idea and this is not just some form of ambition or like this is something that I feel like God has placed on my heart and I've checked through in prayer and I've talked to some people about like, then I'm going for it. And I think that one of the things that people discount is how much God loves to see his children trust him. Like I have kids and it's nothing like watching my kid think and know that their daddy's going to come through for them. Like, even if it wasn't my intention, like when I hear my daughter tell me like, uh-uh, my daddy said that he's taking me to Disney World. It's like, <laughs> man, now I got to take them to Disney World because they believe in their father. And what would it look like if organisms, not the organizations, because we think faith is our church's job. Mm -hmm. And as a church, we're going to have faith. But I'm talking about organism, me. Like what would happen if I would believe God in faith and put my faith on what God has said mm -hmm. and what he's declared over me in his word and what he's told me personally in times of prayer and times of journaling and what has been spoken over me in prophecy and all these different things. What if I actually believe that and whatever the next step was, I took that mm. step. I don't got to be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that me and Natalie were supposed to be married. I wasn't a hundred percent sure I was supposed to buy the car that I bought. <laughs> I wasn't a hundred percent sure if that macaroni I ate yesterday <laughs> was good for me, but I was 51% sure and it proved to be God. Mm. And that's where I want everybody. So many times we make it this black or white situation, but there's so many areas in our faith walk that God is okay with the gradient mm. because it's going to turn into a color, but we're in the middle of the process. We're on a journey. And I just think when it comes to this thing about faith, all the things that people say, Mike, you had so much faith for that. Wow. We see the outcome of that. It didn't start like that. Mm. And in the middle, it probably wasn't like that. Yeah. And when it happened, 
I was just as shocked as everybody mm -hmm. else because it really was God. But I had the audacity to live my life at 51% faith. If I'm 51% sure it's God that I'm supposed to make that phone call, if I'm 51% sure it's God that I'm supposed to start that business, if I'm 51% sure when I was supposed to go, I now need to stay, mm -hmm. I'm going to follow that. And every time I have found either I learn a valuable lesson or I see God do a crazy faith miracle. You know, I was thinking about this part of your book a couple of years ago, my husband and I walked through this incredible faith journey where we felt like God was asking us to pick up our family and go move to a new city, a new state, a new church. And it was the craziest thing ever because we love where we are. We love our home. We like literally feel like we live in our forever house. And God's like, yeah. I want you to move. And where you're going, you're going to live in a real small house. I mean, you know, it's like a different thing. And man, Mike, we journeyed all summer. And when you talk about the 51%, it gives me chills a little bit because we kept stepping, we kept stepping, we kept stepping. And at the very last minute, when I tell you the very last minute, I'm talking like 1159, God yeah. said, I want you to stay. And so mm. I remember a couple of days after months, actually, after feeling like, did I miss you, God? Like, like I walked in complete faith for three months, walking through that, that 51% faith like that. I felt like it. And I had this moment where I remembered the story of Abraham and his son. And, you know, Abraham gets up there and God asked him to go sacrifice his son. And Abraham goes all the way. And literally the last minute, God provides oh. a sacrifice. And I read that story over and over. And what I never saw was I never saw Abraham say, I wonder if I miss God. Yeah. But you just said two things are going to happen. And for me, I didn't miss God, man. I would never been closer to him than in those three months of my entire life of having to like walk through that 51% faith. And so there is this like, what if it's not God? But it was, and it didn't turn out like I thought, but I'm closer to him now. And I hear his voice better now. Come on. And that is precisely why we have to live in faith, because what most people are doing is they think they live in faith for the outcome. You live in faith for obedience. Like that's why you live in faith. Yep. Like, I'm trusting that God's telling me that I'm supposed to sign up at this gym. And it's like, why am I going to this gym? Like, what is the reason for going to this gym? But what you don't know is your obedience to go to that gym six months down the road is going to present an opportunity for you to get in community with somebody that's going to be the key to everything that's in the next chapter that God has mm, for your life. Mm -hmm. But it's the obedience to go to the gym at a gym that you don't like and you don't even like their color scheme or whatever <laughs> it is like, and it's not necessary next to your juice bar. Mm -hmm. It's the obedience to do that that produces the opportunity for miracles. And a lot of us are so concerned about outcomes mm -hmm. when all God is concerned about is obedience. So and good. I have found that as you start living in faith and believing for things and stepping out in crazy situations and saying stuff to people that may make you look like a complete loony tune, yeah. like when you do that, God's saying, but I can trust them. Mm -hmm. They'll obey me. They'll do the things that I say. They might not understand how it works together right now, mm -hmm. but this is them working the muscle of faith that is going to produce the stamina they need to actually see the miracle that I'm trying to perform. Mm -hmm. I'm getting happy right now. Mm, I love it. People need to understand that God is not concerned about it not working. 
He's concerned about who you're becoming. Mm. And until we stop focusing on outcomes and the outcome is a byproduct, like whatever God does, like God blessing us with this amazing arena and all the different things that happen, those are byproducts. Those are cherries on top to what God did in my life to be able to trust and believe him. And like you said, I've never been closer. I've never heard more clearly than when I'm stepping out and walking in crazy faith. It's so good. Now, I mean, you talked about this a little last time you were here with the journey that you guys have with getting into your arena that you're in now. And you talk about a lot in the book. And I think I want people to understand is like, you do have this crazy faith story of like sitting in your daughter's room and really believing and hearing from God. Transformation Church is going to move into this arena that is in Tulsa. And it's crazy. It sounds ridiculous. People thought you were crazy. And here you are on the other side of that. So you have this amazing story to tell, but that didn't happen overnight. No, that was a six year journey. That's what I think I want people to hear is you heard that from the Lord, started pursuing it six years before that becomes a reality. And then I read in your book that somebody offered you $2 million plus five years rent free to give them the building. Yes. Like when I tell you, and the reason that it didn't happen, why it took five years is because I wasn't strong enough in my faith to believe for what it was actually going to be, how strong I needed to be in my faith to withstand somebody offering me $2 million. Are you saying you wouldn't have withstood that four years earlier? No, four years earlier, it would be like me going to the gym and be like, can you bench press 300 pounds in faith? And it's like, no, I'm on these 20 pounders. Uh And I was building, faith is a muscle that you have to build up. And that's why I talk about starting in baby faith. Like it's not crazy faith. Crazy faith starts in baby faith. And that's me having the audacity to write it down. See, most people are missing the free step. It takes nothing to write down what you feel like. God has said to you. And yet that feels so scary to some people. And it's so fear driven because it's like, if I write this down and it doesn't happen, if you write it down and it doesn't happen, nothing happened. Like, (laughs) but if you write it down and it's the first step of you on this journey of faith, I was 37 days of becoming a lead pastor with no education. And I'm in my prayer time and God says, write this down. I'm on my computer in my daughter's room at 729. I still have the sheet. And I literally put a picture of it in the book. So people know that this is like real. That's the actual document. And I wrote down all of these different things. We had no money, barely had nobody come into the church. I had been a lead pastor for 37 days. I had no proof that this was possible. The only thing that I did was put my hope in it. And a lot of people are withholding hope from a situation, but hope is the fuel of faith. And if you do not have hope, hope is free. Like you can literally like, like, I hope that happens. Like I actually hope that like this works out. Like then you literally stagnate what God could be trying to prepare you for. Mm. And I went through this journey of believing and doubting and trusting and having great terror. Like I just went through for five years, but all along the way, Mm. my muscles were getting stronger in faith. And as my muscles got stronger in faith, and I don't know who this is for right now, but somebody listening right now, you're discounting the little step that God is asking you to do by opening the bank account and labeling it the company that you don't even have registered yet. I mean, just label it like, or by 
taking a picture of your family that has not been together in years and putting on the bottom Christmas 2022. Like those are small steps that you can make today to start seeing the vision and rehearsing the vision and praying over the vision. And those things that you begin to hope for become fuel for your mm-hmm. faith. And as you begin to walk in that and start taking steps into action, you would be surprised how quickly Things begin to just fall in place. It's like, how did that happen? How did that happen? That's crazy. That's crazy. And what I keep telling people, Jamie, is it's only crazy until it happens. That's it. It's only crazy until it happens. Well, you got to think about it. Yeah. If somebody would told me and you 10 years ago that we would have been able to be in different states and different mm-hmm. cities, watching each other by video, recording this, and then it would be shown on people's cellular devices, most of them transmitted through the air, and <laughs> people would be able to go and then digitally buy a book that they've never, fi- like, that's right. crazy. Yeah. Until it happened. Until it happens. And there's so many things that God is saying, I want to make it happen. Would you believe it? even in the crazy state. And that's what I'm just here to be your crazy faith coach to let you know that God's not done doing miracles that seem crazy to people because it's only crazy until it happens. You know, as you're talking, I'm sitting there, I'm like, here's the deal is that I don't want to get to the end of my life. And if we had this moment to look back and God to say, I was just setting you up. I was building those faith muscles here. They were. And then this is, and I don't think this is how this is like all theological and all the things, but I just can't even imagine having a moment of going, I missed out because I was just afraid. Oh, oh. And um, I don't want that to be my story. so, So the richest place in the world, Dr. Miles Monroe said, is the graveyard because that is the place where people were given opportunities to step out in faith and had cures for diseases, had the best songs that have never been written, books, literature, art, all of these things. And they were paralyzed because of fear. They needed to move in faith and they decided to stay trapped in fear. And that's why I'm here to try to shake some people up. You may not hit it a hundred percent of the time. Let me be clear with you. You're going to miss it a lot more than you make it. But what happens out of a hundred times that you decide to step out in faith, you go ahead and it was God 10% of the time. You're going to live a much fuller, fulfilled, impactful, and God honoring life because you lived at the corner of crazy and faith. Mm. If you think about it, all the people that we talk about in the Bible, they live at crazy and faith. <laughs> David going up against a giant that every other person in the trained army was scared to go against. The king said, this is crazy, but boy, just wear my armor because maybe that'll protect you. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to use the weapons. You don't want to use the things that are professional. You want to use a slingshot. Crazy. Mm. But now we talk about David and Goliath as a normal story Because at one point it was crazy, but then it happened. Mm -hmm. And now we use it as fuel, an antidote, an encouragement to people who are facing hard situations over 2000 years later. Why is that? Because once it was crazy until it happened. Mm, So good. You know, you tell another story in here. I loved it. And you also gave this guy a name, Jerome. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Romy Rome. Romy Rome. But you tell the story. Anyone's grown up in church, you've heard it about the man who's paralyzed and how his friends picked him up and put him down through the roof of the house so that he could get to Jesus. And again, it's one of those moments, like you're saying that like at the time it feels crazy, but we tell it today as if like, oh yeah, so his friends just picked him up. They took him on the top, took off the roof, put him down and the story, let's go home, what's for lunch? I mean, except it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. We talk about nobody that did not have some type of outrageous, outlandish belief to make what situation they had a situation that God could get glory out of. Mm. We don't talk about anybody that does not have that little bit of crazy in them to believe. And I love that story because it's the story of the type of friends that all of us need. Mm -hmm. We need a group of people. And that's why I love the happy hour because it's a community of people who will believe with you for whatever you're believing for. And my encouragement is get away from people who throw doubt on the things that you need to see God do in your life. Like you need to be able to have friends that honestly, this man, the Bible never tells us that he asked them to take him to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was their faith. Like, man, we seen you in this position too long. We coming to pick you up. Hey, yeah. be ready at noon. We coming <laughs> to pick you up. Like, how am I going? They said, no, I'm bringing, uh, I'm bringing Tim and, and Trevor. We're going <laughs> to throw you on the back to get there. And then it's crowded. And they did not let the opposition of the moment stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. Mm. And it cost them something to live crazy. Yeah. It cost them something. And I just, I'm very um, weary of a church that does not, and, and, and people today that do not trust God when our whole faith is built on being able to have faith in mm -hmm. something that is invisible, that you mm -hmm. cannot see, and that uh, was here when none of us was here 2,000 mm -hmm. years ago. How can we believe in that and then not live in it? Mm. And I just think that for me, for my friends, for my community, we have decided, all right, we're going to believe God for things that may seem improbable, impossible even, but let's see what God can do with a mm. little bit of mustard seed faith. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. If you would have the faith of just the mustard seed, do you know how powerful faith is? I'm getting hype again. If God says all you need is mustard seed version of faith and you could speak to a mountain and it tell it to be removed and it would be moved, we don't believe that mm. stuff. And I believe that the mountain may be an illness, the mountain may be depression, the mountain in your life may be abuse or trauma or anything, but God says, all you need is a little bit, some baby faith. Mm -hmm. And those situations can begin to turn around. And so for me and for those who are listening, I think it, this is your sign. It's time not to retreat and to go into a place of being concerned. It's time for you to move in crazy faith and mm. take that next step of faith that God is calling you to take. You know, I love because you tell the story, like I've mentioned several times about your church, but when I first got your book, I opened it up. And one of my favorite things to look at books is believe it or not, I read endorsements, but I also love to see who people dedicate books to. I think it says a lot about where they are in that stage of their life. I think it says a lot about what people are forming them. I think it says a lot about how God is using different people in their lives. And you said you're dedicating this to your only son, Michael Alexander Todd Jr. And you said this, 
You said, you've given daddy a reason to believe God in crazy faith that goes beyond my ability to express in words. I can't wait for us to have a conversation about how God did this miracle. It's only crazy until it happens. And I knew when I read that, that your son had been diagnosed with autism, yep. but then I got to further in the book and you have a chapter called use your words or stating faith, something like mm-hmm. that. And you talk a little bit about how old is your son? He's about to be six. He's about to be six, but he doesn't because of his autism. He doesn't use his words. He's nonverbal. Well. He's yeah. nonverbal. And you being willing to share that here, what it did for me was to show that as you're writing this book, of course, you're on the other side of what you've seen God do tremendous work in your church, Transformation mm-hmm. Church. But you're in the middle, like you're in the middle of hanging onto that mustard seed. And, and in your book, you put a picture of what a mustard seed is. You're literally holding a mustard seed with yeah. your son. And so, so to me, it was like, hey, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to tell you where I've been. But I'll be real honest and say, me and my wife, Natalie, man, we haven't seen this come true. We haven't seen what we're begging God for. And so what does it feel like for you to be in the middle of that, in the middle of believing that? I think it's the most beautiful picture of authenticity that I could give to people. Being a pastor, being the crazy faith pastor, watching God literally take us from obscurity to, I mean, places of impact that I never even dreamed or imagined Mm -hmm. within half a decade within five years, like God has just done so many extravagant things, stuff people would pray, wish and give their right arm for God has done, except the one thing that I would give it all back for. Hmm. And when I talk about my son, MJ, who's the sweetest boy in the world and is, and is nonverbal, almost six years old and still not potty trained and all of these different things as I'm taking him to therapy and cleaning up poop and doing all of these different things, like It's the tension of serving a God who doesn't give you everything that you want, but he's still good. Mm. It's the tension of knowing that I'm never going to stop believing. Like I'm never going to, like, it is impossible to please God without our faith. And so every day I wake up, I pray for my son. Every day I wake up, every day I put him to bed, I'm praying and speaking life and speaking healing and speaking words over him and all of these other things. And at the same time, I am fighting doubt, frustration, pain, feeling like God, like, why would you even put me in this position to claim and tell me I need to write a book called Crazy Faith and you haven't, maybe when you do the miracle, maybe then I should write the book. Maybe it should be done. And this is why I always hold to the story of Martha and Mary where Lazarus dies and Jesus took his sweet time getting to the grave site of, of Lazarus. And Martha has an attitude. She like, she's like, Jesus, if you would have been here. Yeah. Like if you would have been here, I feel like she was like popping her neck and like, she was mad. But after she says, if you would have been here, my brother would be alive. Then she says these two very powerful words that I hold on to every single day with my son in the condition that he's in and with us trying to get him to eat new foods and with us trying to be able to figure out the therapies and schooling and his younger siblings are going to school, but we have to find alternative programs. Martha says, even now, I know you can do something. Mm. Like she literally looks at a situation that's dead And says, but even now I'm getting emotional because at this point, every time I look at my son, I could either get bitter and frustrated and start saying what the situation is, or I can say, but God, even now 
I know you can do something to resurrect this situation. I know you can give me and Natalie the next step that we can be obedient to in crazy faith. It might sound crazy right now, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to step and I'm going to move and I'm going to still declare. And that's why I say he can't talk yet. Mm. Like my, my language and my stating faith is for what I'm believing. And if God never does it, he never does it. But it will not be because I did not have the faith to believe in the God who still to this day does miracles. And mm. so I'm in a place where this book more than anything is an authentic journey. I'm not trying to sit from a high horse telling people how to believe God. I'm here saying that sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it gets wavy. Sometimes my faith is maybe. Sometimes it starts at baby. But at the end of the day, I'm deciding I'm going to live in crazy faith. It's so good, Mike. It's so good. Speaking of your family, you just took a sabbatical. Yeah. And I love that you took a sabbatical and then like a month later, release a book. I'm like, you're like, here, God, it's yours. 14 like, I'm a- <laughs> days. This, I, I only have 14 <laughs> days until the book comes out, but we're, we're here. Okay. So sabbatical life. Um, I think sabbaticals are really important, especially for people who are at your high caliber of ministry and what you have going on in the church you're leading. What did you learn? How was it good for your family? What did that look like for you? So one of the things for me, we had a new baby. And so um, the first part of, I've been off for like 102 days. Like I've been like completely gone. And we had a baby. Her name is Gia Joy Simone Hope Todd. I gave her every name again. Um, and um, just to be able to unplug from all that has happened and be able to stand back has made me so in awe of God. You know, sometimes you're in stuff and you see God doing stuff, but you don't step back in and process what has happened. And it's made me so grateful for what God has done. And it's made me value the things that God gave me before he gave me all of this. Mm. Like my wife, Natalie, we are closer today and more in sync and in tune than we've been ever. Like, And it's because I just put the margin in like Mm. there was a fight to be like, well, we got a book coming out and I can't be away from the church that long and all this other stuff. But like some people, I'm your pastor today, but you might go to another church three years from now or I may not be a pastor anymore. The one thing that I will have is I'll have my wife and those four kids and to be able to allow God to detox me Mm. of all of the things that I felt like were important to ministry and to get back knowing that my greatest ministry is my family and Mm. is health and all of those things. God has just been wrecking me. Like I had this huge like metamorphosis a few years back on this sermon series I did called Stride, finding the pace of grace, Mm -hmm. this embracing this concept that less is more, but literally I've been going through a whole nother iteration of that in this time. And I just know that there are certain things that aren't priority anymore in my life and that I have to give my time and my energy to margin. And so I'm talking to you as a recovering workaholic (laughs) and somebody who makes stuff happen. And God's just teaching me, I'm going to do more if you do less and do the Mm. things you're supposed to do. So I'm just grateful. Like I am, I'm rejuvenated. I'm excited. I haven't preached in three months. So I'm locked and loaded and I'm ready to get this message of crazy faith out to as many people as can hear it. (laughs) 
I love it. I love that as a leader, you're saying, listen, we're going to trust God. We're going to anchor ourselves to his word and we're going to trust him in taking our Sabbaths and we're not yeah. going to run ourselves into the ground. Uh, Mike, I would love to hear you, you got this new baby. I don't know what your life is like, but are you and Natalie, are, are you loving any TV shows? I know Natalie's like cooking up a storm for you, or maybe she's not. Cause she's got a form of three. No, she, 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 she's cooking. It just, I gotta, I gotta lay, lay off. And she made some <laughs> Mac and cheese the other day. We call it crack and cheese. Oh. And uh, it is so good. And I only could eat it once because I got goals out here. Cause you you're on the discipline. You got goals. I got goals. What are yeah, you reading yeah, yeah. these days? What are you reading these days? So I just read six books on my uh, sabbatical and all of them are phenomenal. But the one that really um, impacted this next level of me mm -hmm. hitting what I'm calling stride 2.0 is um, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm. Um, and a uh, pastor wrote this book and it is so convicting and telling. And it's just, it's just, it's given God an opportunity to pinpoint some things and highlight them in me mm. that I needed to be uh, exposed. And it's the best whooping I've had in a long time. <laughs> and so um, also The Speed of Trust was another book that I re read again that has really impacted me. And then The Blessed Church by Robert Morris. Um, all of those books have really shaped this next season of what we're about to do in ministry. And then I can't forget uh, the book that impacted me the most is Crazy Faith, which actually is coming out very soon. And <laughs> next week, people. Well. Next week. <laughs> no, I actually did. I actually read my book uh -huh. and, and I got excited yeah. and faith-filled like I didn't read it. Like, like I didn't write it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, like <laughs> it was no, I, I mean, just seeing it in a full yeah. presentation and allowing God to challenge me with the words he told me to say, it was like, oh, let's go. Let's do this. It's time to believe God again in crazy faith. And so I'm excited about that. I love it. Well, Mike, I love when you come on the happy hour. Um, it's such a joy. And I hope to get oh, up this to your, is fun. I hope to get up to your church one day and come oh, you worship coming. with you guys. I hope Let's it's so it. much. Um, but thanks for coming and um tell your wife and all your kiddos hello. Oh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And I want everybody to remember that it's only crazy until it happens. You guys, Mike was basically preaching to us and I'm here for it all of the time. Again, if you want to see us talk about what it looks like to have a healthy church culture, how he's trying to build that within his own self and within his church in Oklahoma, go find that video over on our YouTube channel. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. While you're there, I told you Mike was with me last year and we talk about finding freedom from pornography. That video is so worth watching as well. You guys check out his book, Crazy Faith. Wherever you get books, you can check it out. Also, he mentioned a book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Well, the author of that book is coming up in a couple weeks on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and 
and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Happy Hour.